the unknown. Mystery. Space. Have fun. Adventure. Suspense. Fantasy. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror. Welcome to journey number 159 on the Journey Into podcast, featuring Christmas in Connecticut, as presented by the Screen Guild Theater. I am your guide on this journey, Marshall Latham, coming to you from base camp in the Treasure Valley. Hello there, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy end of the year celebration, especially this year. This journey comes to you once again, as selected by the members of the Journey Into Patreon. I presented uh, four options in a poll for this uh, month's old-time radio show presentation here on Journey Into, and the Patreon members selected Christmas in Connecticut. Uh, All the selections were from the Screen Guild Theater, which is very much like the... uh, Lux Theater, Lux Radio Theater, was that what it was? Uh, It pretty much adapts motion pictures of the time, mainly in the 40s, and adapts them for a radio play, and they did them, performed them live, often with the actors that were from the movie, Uh, but sometimes not. Like in this case, the film version of Christmas in Connecticut uh, starred uh, Barbara Stanwyck, Dennis Morgan, and Sidney Greenstreet. Uh, But here on the radio adaptation, Screen Actors Theater, no, Screen Guild Theater, uh, we have Ronald Reagan, Jane Wyman, and Leon Blasco. So it's a different cast, but it's the same story. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this Christmas movie before, uh, but it's kind of a fun little premise, you know, but done very well, a very fun story. You'll get the premise pretty quick and easy at the beginning of this. So all of the selections that I gave to the Patreon members were from the Screen Guild Theater. And I wanted to do a Christmas movie. I wanted to do a Christmas journey here for you uh, using a a classic uh, story or a classic movie. So the selections that were on there were The Juggler of Notre Dame. It was adapted from a a story by a French author uh, based on a medieval legend. Uh, then there was Holiday Inn, which uh, was a Bing Crosby and Dinah Shore movie. And they did perform this show on this radio as well. And the, the thing that Holiday Inn is famous for is it's the first time that the song White Christmas was ever used in a film. It was written for Holiday Inn. And then, of course, a year or two later, 
they filmed a movie called White Christmas, and they, of course, used that song because it had become so popular, and Bing Crosby uh, came back for that one as well. But we didn't, that one didn't get selected. Uh, the other, the only other story that earned any votes was uh, The Bishop's Wife, starring Cary Grant and uh, Loretta Young. I've never seen that movie, uh, but I've seen, uh, there was an adaptation of that done uh, in the 90s, I think. It was starred Denzel Washington, and it was called The Pastor's Wife. Um, interesting story. Uh, but that's not the one we're going to have today. Christmas in Connecticut. Um, it's a fun little tale. A romantic comedy, I guess you could call it. But not something you would find on the Hallmark Channel or, or something like that. It, it's a lot more fun than that. So instead of me just talking about it, let's present you today's story. I have my Wamp or Dime radio tuner all set up here so we can get the show tuned in. Come with me. And that's Journey Into Christmas in Connecticut. Truth, Doc, you gotta believe me. Then tell me, future boy, <laughs> who's president of the United States in 1985? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan? The actor? <laughs> then who's vice president? Jerry Lewis. I suppose Jane Wyman is a first lady. Whoa, wait, Doc! And Jack Benny is secretary of the treasury. Oh. Doc, you gotta listen to me. Swedish chef! Lila, you! Watch out for that icy patch there. Yo, Dingus Bird, the Gabby Dog, the Gobbler, 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 Torky. Oh, you mean you're here to cook the Christmas turkey for all of us? Yeah, yeah. Let's go to the kitchen. So, in a spirit of gratitude for what we've been able to achieve together over the past year, and looking forward to all that we hope to achieve together in the years ahead. Nancy and I want to wish you all the best of holiday seasons. As Charles Dickens, who said so well in A Christmas Carol, God bless us, everyone. Good night. Screen Guild players in Christmas in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. 
have you seen Smart Housekeeping magazine this month? Such a wonderful article by Elizabeth Lane. That's the only way to raise a kid. Out in the country on a little farm, the kind that Elizabeth Lane writes about. To have a horse and cow like Elizabeth Lane. Oh, doesn't she make that farm sound heavenly? Gosh, those recipes by Elizabeth Lane. Boy, that's the kind of woman I'd like to know. Boy, that's the kind of woman I'd like to marry. Now, suppose that you were Elizabeth Lane, and suppose your writing was all a fraud. Recipes? You didn't even know how to boil water. And all the rest was fiction, too. You had no farm, no husband, no baby. You and your editor had just made them up. Well, now perhaps you'll know how I felt that day before Christmas when my editor dropped that bomb in my lap. Look, Liz, I suppose you know about Yardley. He's our publisher, your boss, and mine. He's the one who signs our checks. Anything else I ought to know? Well, he happens to be a stickler for the truth. If he finds out that we've been dreaming up all that junk you write, he'll fire us both. Well, why should he find out? Listen, some fool nurse at the sailor's hospital wrote to Yardley and asked him to have a wounded sailor out at your farm well, for I, Christmas. I think that's very nice. To... My farm? I haven't got a farm. I haven't even got a window box. You're telling me. Oh, Dad, what do we do? This is awful. You're conservative. It's even worse. Worse? Yes. Yardley likes the idea so much, he figures he'd like to go along, too. Well, I did what I always do when I'm in trouble. I went to Felix for lunch. Felix is Hungarian, but he cooks like an angel. And I steered the whole magazine crowd to his little cafe. So, naturally, he treated me like teacher's pet. And, as usual, he was at the door to meet me. Hello, Liska. Hello, darling. It's good to see you. Hello, Felix. He's waiting for you inside. Your friend, you know, that's the one I don't like so much. John Sloan? I didn't know he was coming into town today. Well, well, you have nice lunch, and then I think up a new recipe for you to write, yes? Oh, don't bother, Felix. I may not need it. What's the matter? Something wrong? Oh, no. Just a catastrophe, that's all. Catastrophe? Is that good? It's horrible. Well, you feel better when you go and eat. Go in, Liska. I I fix you something very special. That's about the whole story, John. We who are about to be fired salute you. I wish I could feel badly about it, Elizabeth. Not that I don't sympathize, but, well, this morning on my way in from the farm, I was thinking that you Uh, and I... Ah, here we are. Look, Liska, I select the hors d'oeuvre myself. (laughs) Thank you, Felix. Uh, First, some nice marinated Harrington cream. You know, Elizabeth, sometimes these things happen for the best. Baloney? After all, there's a better job waiting for you, if you want it. The job of being Mrs. John Sloan. Horseradish? I know you're not sure. I know, but I'm, I'm willing to chance that. I'm certain you'll care for me in time. Nuts. Now, look here, uh, Felix. Walnuts. Walnuts is pickled. He's excellent. Now I go and bring the rest. <laughs> Dear Felix, isn't he amusing? Elizabeth, you haven't asked me. Oh, I'm not sure, John. I am. You'll need someone to look after you. And you love the farm. I know from the way you write about it. What do you say? Well, my career's gone. And I guess I'll have to get married sometime, so... Oh, I mean... Elizabeth, darling... Excuse me, isn't this necking a little public? Hello, Dad. <laughs> I just told John I'd marry him. We'll live on my farm. Isn't it wonderful? Well, there are two ways of... Farm? Well, that's right. You have got a farm. In Connecticut. Now, Dad, if you've got any ideas... But, Liz, it means my job, and it's such a cinch, too. If you're married tomorrow, Yardley can go. He can send his sailor. You'll have a husband, a farm. And what about a baby? Oh, I think I can help you there. Why, John! After all, I'm an architect, you know. When I planned the house, I thought of everything, including a nursery. And as it happens, there's a baby, too. Don't tell me prefabricated. No, no, it belongs to a neighbor who's doing war work. She uh, leaves the infant with my housekeeper. Say, husband, farm, and baby? 
Why, it's perfect. Not by a long shot. I still can't cook. Well, maybe you can, but Felix can. Felix? Don't you see, Liz? You just take him along. Oh, there was no stopping Dud when he went into high. The next thing I knew, it was Christmas morning, and I was up at the farm, standing in the living room before the local judge. Now, this is the sort of thing I like. A simple wedding, lovely and dignified, and short enough to get me home for Christmas dinner. But just so we're quiet and don't wake the baby. Oh, well, we'll do the best we... Uh, baby! Uh, you'll have to hurry, Judge. We haven't much time. Apparently! <laughs> Dearly beloved, we are gathered in the sight of... Police, Kaluk, already come scum, bunny. The slave from the village must have brought someone. John, it's the sailor. He's here already. Two hours early. Oh, well, I'll go. You take the judge in the other room. Oh. Oh, well, just a minute. Uh, hello. Uh, hello. I'm Jefferson Jones from the sailor's hospital. Well, Merry Christmas, Mr. Jones. Won't you come in? Thanks. Your mother invited me, uh, Elizabeth Lane. Oh, well, I'm Elizabeth Lane. It's my pen name. But really, in real life, I'm uh, Mrs. Sloan. Oh, I'm sorry. I sort of expected... I mean, uh... uh... Liska, why don't you ask him he should put down that packard? Oh, oh, of course. So stupid of me. Uh, Mr. Jones, this is my Uncle Felix. How'd you do? Liska, uh, this one I like. You see, see, he brings a big present. It's a uh, uh, sort of a rocking chair. <laughs> well, what do you know? A rocking chair. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? Uh, wonderful, Liska. <laughs> Just what you need. Uh, here, I'll, I'll take the paper off. I read in your column where you couldn't find one. I hope you like it. Oh, I'm sure I will. Oh, well, wait, let me try it. If you'll excuse me, ma'am, you're doing it wrong. Wrong? Yes, ma'am. My old man was an expert with a rocker. Solved all his problems that way. But he said you had to know how to rock. Well, don't you just rock? Oh, no. If you'd like me to show you. Oh, why not, Liska? Let him sit down. Thanks. Now, suppose you're tired and worried over a problem. Well, then you rock like this. Sort of slow and calm. Like you're on a ship on the open sea. And then you get to thinking slow and calm. Get it? That's the ocean rock. <laughs> Uncle Felix, isn't that wonderful? Mm -hmm, wonderful. And then there's that horseback rock. When you can't sit still, feel jittery. Got to be doing something. And then there's the lazy rock. When you want something across the room and you're too lazy to get up and get it. See? Well, really. I never knew there was so much to a rocking chair. Mr. Jones, I... Lisa, what is that? Well, the baby, of course. The baby so quick? Well, he, uh, he, he must have awakened early. Well, after all, it's 11 o'clock. I guess we both know what that means, ma'am. Do we? Sure. I read your schedule in the magazine. 11 o'clock, time for a bath. Oh, Oh, yes, a, a bath. Say, Mrs. Lane, do you mind if I watch? Watch? Oh, sure, those little fellas are awfully cute in the tub. <laughs> Say, it's not good to let them cry too hard, either. Oh, well, oh yes, that's right. Uh, well, come along. I think we'd uh, better get him up. <laughs> this I like, those two together. I, I like this very much. Felix, Felix, where's Elizabeth? Oh, she goes to wash the baby and Mr. Jones. I, I, I mean, he goes too. Well, I must say, this is very irregular. What am I going to tell the judge? Oh, I take care of the judge. I, I make him nice martini. Uh, maybe I make him two martini. 
sure got a pretty good pair of lungs. Oh, yes. Uh, from my husband's side of the family. Doesn't look like you at all. I guess he looks like your husband, huh? Oh, oh no. More like Mr. Sloan's aunt. Well, well, you see, Mr. Sloan's aunt is... I can uh, just about guess. Well, he'll stop crying once he's in his bath. Come on, we'd better get started. Uh, well, well, maybe I shouldn't bathe him today. It's, uh, it's rather cold. But you always bathe him every day. Isn't that what you wrote in the magazine? Is it? I mean, it is, of course. Now, let me fill the bath and for you. Thanks. <laughs> you see, he likes it. Gosh. You don't know what this means to me, Mrs. Sloan. To watch an expert like you give the baby a bath. Oh, uh, well, yes. Well, um, we might as well put him in. With his diapers on? Oh, oh no, no, of course not. I, I meant to... Oh, wait a minute. I'll test the water. Yep, just right. Oh, my, you seem to know a lot about bathing babies, Mr. Jones. Oh, I used to bathe the neighbor's kids. You did? Uh, Help me work my way through night school. Well, how would you like to uh, bathe this baby? You mean you'd let me? Oh, yes, of course. It's a relief to have someone else do it for a change. You know how it is, bathing him every day, week after week. It it gets sort of monotonous. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, this is going to be fun. Come on, Skipper. Up you come. See there? He likes his Uncle Jeff. Oh, I'm sure he does. He couldn't help it. All right. Here we go now. Off with your shirt. That's it. And now the rest. Say, Mrs. Sloan, you never told me his name. His name? Oh, uh, we call him Robert. Oh, that's nice. And now we're all ready for... Robert? (laughs) Oh, oh, uh, a short for Roberta. (laughs) Oh, I guess you were hoping for a boy, huh? I certainly was. (laughs) Come on now, princess. In you go. girl. You know, the way you handle her, Mr. Jones, really, you'd make a wonderful father. Um, you're not married, of course, by any chance? No, I guess the cards are stacked against me. Every time I meet a girl I like, it turns out she's already married. Oh. I couldn't hear you. What'd you say? Oh, nothing, just... Oh. Elizabeth. Oh, yes, John. Oh, Mr. Jones, that's my husband. Would you mind finishing up while I... Oh, have... not at all. It's a pleasure. Go right ahead. Oh, thanks. Uh, you don't know what this means to me. Elizabeth, what were you doing in there? Just bathing the baby. At a time like this? Well, I thought she should look her best for the wedding. There isn't going to be any wedding. There isn't? Not this morning, at any rate. Oh, but what about the judge? Mr. Felix took care of him all right. His honor, the judge, just staggered home.
second act of the Lady Esther Screen Guild play will follow in a moment. Now, a word from Lady Esther. I'm going to make a statement now which will probably shock every woman who is listening. Some of America's outstanding skin specialists have told me this, and here it is. Rubbing the skin of your face can make it look older, faster than it should. And here is the reason why, they tell me, and I agree. Because the skin of your face is fragile, the most delicate skin of your entire body. Rubbing can stretch and break down the delicate underskin structure, can make even a firm skin flabbier and older looking than your age. But with Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream, there's no need for harmful rubbing. This famous cream is so soft, you just smooth it on gently, then wipe it off. That's all. It dissolves as it touches your skin, needs no help from your fingers. That's why you'll love the feel and the look of your skin after even one application of Lady Esther Face Cream. Without rubbing, Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream cleans your skin, softens your skin and helps nature refine the pores. And it also leaves a perfect base on which your powder clings longer and looks lovelier. Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream asks no help from any other cream. You see, Lady Esther Face Cream contains one of the most beautifying ingredients known to modern science. This acts as an extra safeguard to help keep your skin soft, smooth, and young-looking. If you will try it, I'm very sure you'll want to use Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream always. And now, Lady Esther presents the second act of Christmas in Connecticut, starring Jane Wyman, Leon Belasco, and Ronald Reagan. the judge was gone and the wedding was put off. But it's funny, I couldn't make myself feel sorry. I guess Mr. Jones was to blame for that. He was tall and attractive, sort of like that movie actor Ronald Reagan. The way he looked at me, I, I couldn't help but wonder. But I shook myself and told myself not to be a fool. And then when I'd settled down again, I forced myself to listen to John. What worries me, Elizabeth, Mr. Yardley might arrive at any moment. And you know what that would mean, of course. One more for breakfast. Elizabeth, he's your boss, your publisher. If he finds out you made up all those things you wrote, that you aren't even married. I know. And I don't care so much for myself. It's Dub Beecham. I wouldn't want him to lose his job. What'll we do, John? Well, I talked to Judge Crothers on the phone. He's willing to come back tonight. Tonight? When all the others are asleep. Even if Mr. Yardley has already arrived, we can be married, and he'll never know the difference. Well, maybe he won't. Well, all right, John, if you think that... Liska, 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 you will never guess. Guess what, Felix? Oh, just now I, I'm in the village, and somebody asked me who I am, and I say I'm your Uncle Felix. My dear chap, why get so excited about it? Excited? Who gets excited? Felix, please, please, what's it all about? Liska, when they find out who you are, the famous Elizabeth Lane, and you come to live here, and there is a sailor here too, a hero, well, they say you must come and be their guest tonight. Well, where, at what? At the Christmas party, very formal, at the firehouse. The firehouse? Yeah, they say that you can come along, too. Of all the unadulterated meddling fools. Now, Felix, you didn't say we'd be there. 
What else can I say? They, they are your neighbors. Suppose that Mr. Yardley arrives. Oh, that, that, that. Maybe, maybe he likes a little party, too. Oh, but John let his housekeeper go for Christmas. Who'll stay with the baby till her mother comes for? <laughs> Don't worry. I find somebody to stay. Who? Who, who? who can I find in a place like this? Me! You're quite a dancer, Mr. Jones. Oh, I get around. I I guess I should have gone into more training. I feel so funny, all sort of dizzy. Hey, we'd better get you outside. A little fresh air. Come on. You'll feel better in no time at all. Oh, I'm sure I will. Lovely out here, isn't it? The moon and the snow. Sure is beautiful. I hate to think I'll be leaving tomorrow. Oh, so soon? I'm due back tomorrow night. But I'll never forget how nice you've been to me. Oh, I'm glad. Let's walk. In those shoes? Oh, that's right. They are sort of inadequate. I guess I was just kind of... Hey, wait. I got a better idea. How about this sleigh? Oh, we couldn't. Why not? It's just parked here. We'll just imagine we're riding. You know, it might be fun. Up you go now. There we are. Gee, this is wonderful. Fur robes and everything. Where will we go? For a magic ride to the land of every man. And every woman? Hey, that horse is moving. He wasn't tied up. <laughs> That's right, he wasn't. You want to get out? Not me. You want to get out? Not me. You know, speaking of marriage... Were we? Well, I guess... I was just talking out loud. I kind of got marriage on my mind these days. Me too. Really? Any special girl? Well, I'd say she's extra special. Oh. She lives in New York? Not exactly. You might say the country. On a farm. Well, yes. Jefferson Jones, are you flirting with me? Well, you know. We'd better go back. Look, Mrs. Sloan, your husband might not like this. Oh, he wouldn't know. He's left. Left? Well, he had to see Judge Crothers, a little uh, personal matter. Oh. And moments like these don't come very often. I mean, everything's so calm and still and the whole world asleep. All I want to say is, let it sleep. Yeah, me too. I say, let it sleep. Stop that confounded snoring. Wake up. I, sir, am Alexander Yardley. Who are you? Me? Oh, I am Uncle Felix, the nursemaid. Where's Mrs. Lane? Mrs. Sloan? Mr. Sloan? That sailor? Where's everybody? They all go to Christmas party in the village. Liska, I mean Elizabeth, she is guest of honor. Oh, they know her, do they? Well, I shouldn't wonder. The best magazine feature in America. So... This is the place I've read so much about. This is her farm, eh? Mm, this is the place you've read so much about. Tell me, what about the baby? What should I tell you? Don't you know about babies? <laughs> My good man, this is no ordinary baby. This is Elizabeth Lane's baby, the smart housekeeping baby. Tell me, could I see the little shaver? Just a quick look. 
I promise I won't disturb him a bit. No, all right. He's in this room. You can see from here. I bet that he looks just like... He's gone! He's not there! Not there! You idiot! He's been kidnapped while you were snoring. But they were... Why any thief could have entered this house? I came in myself! Don't stand there, you fool! Where's the telephone? Oh, you... Now, Mr. Sloan, let me get this straight. You left the party to take care of a little business matter. When you returned, your wife was gone? Uh, Yes, Mr. Yardley. One of the villagers said she'd ridden off in a sleigh with uh, Mr. Jones. Sailor. The man to whom we opened our hands. Our hearts. Our home. His home. His home. Be quiet, you! Mr. Sloan, have you any idea who might have kidnapped your baby? Well, no, I... I wouldn't know who'd kidnap him. And where can your wife have been all this time? I wouldn't know that either. I mean, uh... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Here she comes now. Felix, why are all the lights on? It... Oh, Mr. Yardley. Yes, Mrs. Sloan, and I must say it's time you return from your gallivanting. I wasn't gallivanting. No, she just took me for a sleigh ride. <laughs> you, sir, I'll deal with you later. Mrs. Sloan, do you realize your baby has been kidnapped? Kidnapped? Taken from its warm little bed. Taken from this home. Oh, that. <laughs> well, really, there's no need to get excited. What? Of all the heartless, callous statements... Now, please, Mr. Yardley, you'll have a stroke. You! You dare to stand there and talk that way about the smart housekeeping baby? Do you realize what it's done for my circulation? No, but I know what it's done for mine. Now, Elizabeth, please. Don't please me, John. I've had enough of being told what to do. I'll do the talking for a while. Mr. Yardley, you may as well know the truth. John and I were never married. What? Uh, We we really meant to, sir. It was... We just never got around to it. You... You... You mean the smart housekeeping baby is... No. No. That's what I've been trying to tell you. There isn't any baby. Anyway, not mine. No baby, no husband, no farm, no nothing. I made it all up. Made it all up? Why, I'll be the laughing stock of the country, of the world, of the universe. Young lady, you're fired. Well, okay, but you owe me two weeks' pay. And now, if it's all the same to you, I'm going to my room. I don't wish to talk anymore. Hey, wait a minute. To anyone. Oh, yeah? You mean to anyone but me. Come on, we're going to have a little conference alone. That's the whole story, huh? On the level? On the level. And you're really not married? I'm as free as a bird. That's what you think. Come here. Miska, Miska, darling. Oh, Felix, go away. But, but, but this is important, Miska, from Mr. Yardley. Oh, all right, come in. Liska, Mr. Yardley asked me I should come and talk to you. About what? Well, just now comes a telegram from another magazine, American Housekeeping. They asked you to take a job. Double the salary. They did? Yeah. But when Mr. Yardley finds this out, oh, he begs you to stay with him. Also, double the salary. Well, how did he find out? Well, he happened to see me open the telegram. You mean you opened Liska's telegram? Not only I open it, I send it. (laughs) 
you, Jane Wyman and Ronald Reagan, for your excellent portrayals of Elizabeth and Jeff in Warner Brothers' Christmas in Connecticut. Say, incidentally, Ronnie, I understand uh, that this is the 20th anniversary of Talking Pictures. Yes, Truman, 20 years ago, the silent shadows of the screen found a voice. To say the screen found a voice is rather an understatement, I'd say. Well, you're right, Jane. It certainly wasn't as casual as that. The four Warner Brothers, Harry, Sam, Jack, and Albert, laid their last dollar on the line to make it possible. And with it went years of experimentation and heartbreak. The road which led to the perfection of sound pictures was a long and hard one. And speaking for all of us in the industry, I think it's entirely fitting to pause for a moment and pay tribute to the men who made modern motion pictures possible. Thank you again, Jane, Ronnie, and Leon, for appearing with us tonight. And now, before we tell you about next week's show, here's a word from one of America's best-known beauty authorities, Lady Esther. Suppose you had your choice between two face creams. And one jar said to you, you'll have to use a whole jar of me before you see any difference in your skin. But the other little jar said, you don't have to use a whole jar of me. No, you will see and feel a difference after just one application, which takes only ten seconds or so. This second jar is Lady Esther four-purpose face cream. And you can easily prove what one application will do. Just smooth Lady Esther four-purpose face cream on your skin. Then wipe it off. At once you will see and feel the difference, the new softness, the younger, cleaner, fresher look of your skin. Most important of all, you will find that Lady Esther four-purpose face cream requires no rubbing or massaging. It's so soft, you just smooth it on and wipe it off. That's all. Now, why is that so important? Because the skin of your face is the most delicate skin of your entire body. Rubbing can stretch this fragile skin, can lead to slackness and the beginning of wrinkles. Without rubbing, Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream does the four things your skin needs for proper daily care. And this simple little experiment I have suggested will prove this to you. Not hours or days from now, but right now. Mr. Screen Guild players will present The Devil and Miss Jones. It will star Donna Reed, Guy Kibbe, and Van Johnson. Be sure to listen, will you? Christmas in Connecticut was produced and directed by Bill Lawrence. The adaptation was by Harry Cronman. Jane Wyman can soon be seen in Night and Day, and Ronald Reagan will soon be seen in Stallion Road, both Warner Brothers productions. You save enough on the largest size jar of Lady Esther face cream to buy a box of Lady Esther face powder. So remember, ask for the largest size. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. This is Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther. Thank you and good night. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
So there you go. There is Christmas in Connecticut as adapted for the Screen Guild Theater, starring Ronald Reagan and Jane Wyman, who I believe were married at the time. I, I didn't look up the dates of their marriage. So they, they fit into those roles pretty well. <laughs> and that's probably why they were made available to perform it for the radio show. Like I said, it, you know, it's one of those stories that it's all based on a lie and a cover-up. Uh, but I thought it was pretty charming. It's a fun fun little Christmas story. And had a lot of good comedic moments in it. I'm sorry about the audio. You know, I tried to find another version of this. Because you probably noticed there was a couple of parts where the audio was kind of either drubbed out a little bit. Or where they sped it up or cut something out kind of awkwardly. And I don't know if that was in the original production or if that was just the only recording that was able to be found of it. I tried to find, but every version that I could find had the same thing in there. My guess is it was possibly bad editing because they had to cut it short for time to go on the radio show. I don't know. Uh, But I always find things like this, you know, they always have a, a sponsor that comes on every week. And this time... It was the, uh, was it Lady Esther Soap or something like that? And uh, the cigarette ones are usually the ones that make, that I enjoy because they're so funny. Just uh, living in in the 21st century and and listening to cigarette commercials about, you know, four out of five doctors prefer Camel brand or whatever brand of of, uh, cigarettes they're trying to sell. And it just just makes me laugh. Uh, but here we have soap <laughs> that makes your skin feel good. And other products, I believe, as well. Always, I always enjoy the old radio ads. Uh, it's kind of fun. I hadn't learned about this movie till just a few years ago. You know, there's the, the classic Christmas movies that come out. You know, from this time period, you know, you have... It's a Wonderful Life, of course, which is still my favorite Christmas movie, even though it's only Christmas at the end. Of course, there's there's White Christmas and The Bells of St. Mary and uh, Miracle on 34th Street, um, several different versions of A Christmas Carol. I'm kind of interested. I've never seen Holiday in the movie. Uh, I did listen to the radio adaptation of it, and uh, it was kind of weird. Uh, you know, I know it was a different time. It was back in the 40s. And, uh, but it had some race sensitive material. I I couldn't think of a way I wouldn't call it racist, but I guess ultimately it is racist because it, it is, it it treats African Americans differently. You know, he has a maid or something and she's obviously African American by the way that she talks like you hear, you know, in those times and those, in these older movies. Um, and of course she's his maid or his servant or whatever, not a slave because this is way beyond that, but she's still his, his maid or whatever. And then one of the songs that they sing, they sing it in blackface, which (laughs) I mean, you don't hear about that anymore because it's so offensive to African-Americans. It's basically white actors painting their faces with black makeup as if they were black singing a black song and why they just, I mean, obviously it was racism, why they didn't have black performers sing those songs. Um, 
they sang it in, in blackface. Um, highly offensive. I don't know how offensive it was at the time. It's definitely offensive now. But yeah, just some of those things that catch you off guard. And, you know, oh, it's a nice, happy holiday Christmas story. Oh, they're singing in blackface? Why are they doing that? And of course, in the radio play, you don't see them singing in blackface, but they talk about them being in blackface. And so you can kind of picture what they're doing with that. Interesting, I think. And then The Bishop's Wife, I'm interested in watching that one. You know, it's Cary Grant as an angel, but he's really smooth and he's really... I can't remember the word that they used to describe him. Debonair, maybe that's the word. And uh, he, he comes to help uh, a pastor or a bishop of, of a Protestant church uh, who's trying to raise money for a church or a cathedral or something like that. And he's having troubles. And of course, prayers have been said. And so this angel is here to help them. But the angel and the wife start spending a lot of time together and there's an attraction there and ultimately the bishop or pastor realizes that he's been neglecting his wife and you know their relationship becomes better for it uh, basically because he's jealous of this angel who's making moves on his wife kind of thing and so it's it's kind of an interesting thing i wouldn't mind seeing the whole movie i did see the denzel washington adaptation but it's been a long time since i've seen it um so anyway what are your favorite Christmas movies? What do you see every year or do you look for new ones? Of course, every year new Christmas movies come out on Netflix or other streaming services or, well, this year none of them came out in the theater because no, no movies are coming out in the theater. Yeah, what's your favorite version of A Christmas Carol? Um, I think mine... I mean, I like the, the old one from the 30s, and uh, the George C. Scott one's pretty good, but I think my favorite is uh, the Patrick Stewart Christmas Carol and the Muppet Christmas Carol. I, re I really like the Muppet Christmas Carol. I thought they did a really good job on that one. Michael Caine as the Ebenezer Scrooge um, was good. I like, like I said, I do like the Patrick Stewart version. There's only, there's one scene that I thought it was kind of awkward the way that Patrick Stewart played it, but it's only just a, one part of a scene. Uh, the rest of it, he's, he's excellent. He's a perfect Ebenezer Scrooge. And of course, he's a very good actor in my opinion. So I like that quite a bit. Uh, definitely not the Jim Carrey version of Scrooge. I thought that was very strange. I don't even think I've seen that whole movie because it just put me off. It's been a few years since I've read A Christmas Carol, but yeah, that's a classic story. It's got so many good things in there, things you forget about. It's like, oh, I didn't remember about what he's got a couple little dirty children underneath his robe. And that's supposed to be pestilence and famine or something like that. Oh, yeah, I forgot all about that kind of thing. I probably just got that wrong. So, yeah, I need to need to read A Christmas Carol again. Uh, but I like Christmas movies. Uh, I don't even mind some of the Hallmark ones. Um, it's just part of the tradition of, of watching movies and, and uh, time spent with family and things like that. So whether you're celebrating Christmas or, or not, I, I do hope you uh, are able to connect with people during this COVID period with all the restrictions and not getting together. I have a sister-in-law who 
not COVID. I've heard of uh, friends of mine that have several of their family members that have gotten it. and Luckily, it hasn't hit too close to home uh, for me, but that could change in, at any moment. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I the vaccine's out and, and hopefully things are going well. But I, I do hope you have a Merry Christmas or a Happy Holidays. Um, like I said, just celebrating the end of the year, 2020. But I wish you well, and I hope you have a good time, and I wish you safety and uh, good health. A lot of people are going through a lot of extra suffering this year due to the pandemic, and um, I just hope everybody can make the best of it and that people that are sick can get better. We can only hope. We can only take it a day at a time. But I I do wish you well, and uh, I guess until next time, Stay safe out there and journey on. Journey Into Podcast is produced under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means that you can share this audio as much as you would like, but please do not try to sell it or change the audio.